Beautiful listeners, you know we love you, and we appreciate all the support you've given us to this point. If you would like to further support us in our art, in our effort to allow these wonderful conversations to continue to take place, head over to patreon.com slash inside the sound. That's a polite computer. Well, hey there, beautiful listeners. Welcome back inside the sound. This is Michael. And this is Ryan. And we have a very special guest that we're excited to talk to today. Would you care to introduce yourself to our beautiful listeners? Uh, what's up, everybody? I'm Alana McCready. Woo, what's up, Alana? Thank Coming you to you live from my studio. <laughs> <laughs> Live. Coming at you live. Yeah. Post We're doing live. live. Yeah, this yeah. will come out in a, a few weeks. Totally live. Everything's live. Th- that's we, the, it's alive. We appreciate yeah. the feel of the live conversation. Yeah. yeah, it's the best way to do an interview, in my opinion. <laughs> I always get so nervous when it's like, question, question, question. And then it's like, I have to like stop at a certain point in an answer because they're like, oh, I'm going to ask you a follow-up to that later. So be careful. Don't say I'm like, <laughs> so you have a notepad ready sometimes. yeah i'm like so should i be can... taking notes before i start this? <laughs> <laughs> take notes on your own answers <laughs> i know I'm like okay i apologize in advance if i say too much <laughs> saying too much yeah it's it it's almost like a different um it's a different style of communication right the traditional interview yeah i'm like this is so stressful yeah, it's not supposed to be that way. I in know. My humble opinion. I agree. Completely agree. It does feel a bit antiquated or like it's kind of like what news looks like today, you know, because yeah. it's 2021. You can go look at a news program and it's like the same thing you would have gotten 50 years ago. I know. And you're like, why do people sit in rooms and do this? I don't <laughs> like Howard Cosell style. <laughs> I love Howard Cosell. Though. Well, it looks like the champ needs to. No, no, no. It's like that, you know. <laughs> Welcome to the news, everybody. Uh, <laughs> that was before my time, so I don't know. Same. <laughs> I heard really his grateful. voice calling a boxing match the other day, so that's why he's in my head, I believe. Anyway, go ahead, Michael. Champ doesn't know what he is. <laughs> Champ is taking a hit to the face. The wavering. Like, doesn't know, the wavering doesn't know what hit him, by golly. It's always very matter of fact. They're like, Joe shaved his head. His head now is it's without all- hair. Yeah, it's like that kind of thing. It's like he's saying the same thing twice in a different way. He kind showed of- up today at 3 p.m. So around three when he got here. Yeah, exactly. Was- <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, there's no, no mistaking him, right? At least no. no mistaking him. That's right, huh? I interrupted you, uh, Michael. Were you going to? It sounded like you had something ah, extremely important. You do it all the time. I'm used to it now. Oh, okay. 
Please, you go. I'm I'm glad. Well, Alana, why don't we start? Maybe you could tell us a little bit about your musical origin story. Okay, so um, I grew up in Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota is what I call it. Um, don't you know? You betcha. And uh, <laughs> my mom is from Oklahoma, so I grew up with country music from her since I could talk. And my dad is a big rock guy. And so we just all growing up, my brother and I would be in road trips with my parents. And we still play this game today, actually, where they'll put on random decade stations and we'll like quiz each other like the artists, lyrics, all this stuff. And so we've been doing that since such a young age. And so I was just, it was music, all music all the time. And I feel like I always knew I wanted to do music as a career, but it's just a matter of how to start doing that. And so I think over the years, kind of figuring out exactly like, how do you even start doing that? You know, and then in the meantime, I'm playing hockey, I'm going to college, I'm doing all these things. And then finally, eventually, I got the opportunity to do it full time. And I was like. <laughs> playing hockey? Oh, yes. Yeah. That was my other my other life. Yeah, this is my jersey, actually. <laughs> so you're playing like playing in college, too? Yeah, Wisconsin. I played at Wisconsin. No way. Yeah. And my whole life, I was it was hockey and music. And even in high school, I would sing the national anthem in my equipment on the ice and then go play the game. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I like, That's I refuse cool. to not incorporate one into the other if I can. So once I got to college, that kind of got nipped in the butt. My coach was like, okay, we're serious now. If you could just, we're not, we're not going to have that distraction, but okay. <laughs> so it sounds like music obviously was always a pretty big part of your life always always do you I was remember the only athlete oh go for it oh no i was the only athlete who was also in choir like my school had never oh. <laughs> experienced that before and so they would be like trying to schedule stuff like we've never had to look at the sports schedule the schedule concerts or musicals <laughs> it was a whole different world that was that hard to kind of put music on the back burner while you did sports or was it just necessary for the, the that moment in your life? I think when I got to college is when I sort of really had to put it on the back burner just, you know, just because playing a sport at a D like playing D one sport in college is like having a full-time job and going to school. And you're also, you know, you're part of the NCAA. You can't really promote yourself in any other way other than, what they are, you know, paying for you to do. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. So you can't really use that to promote yourself in oh, any right. other yeah. way, shape or form. And so NCAA aggressively frowns on that. Um, but I didn't even realize it at the time, but like all through college, I kept, you know, journals and all that kind of stuff. And I didn't even realize at the time that I, that was like my first ever, you know, like songwriting and things like that and getting my thoughts down in that type of way. And so once I graduated and I finally started doing music, you know, all of those journal entries and poems and all those things I was doing in college ended up being majority of my first album <laughs> and mm. turned into songs. And so I didn't even realize I was, you know, setting myself up. <laughs> it's funny how that works, you know, do you, 
was there a specific like catalyst or a specific moment where you knew that this is what you wanted to do? Like, how did you make that decision? You know, if you're paying, playing sports all through college, I mean, it sounds like you had other options too. So. Right. Yeah. I think um, it was in high school when I was doing, you know, musicals and doing things like that. When I realized that being up there and performing for people and all that kind of stuff, I realized that I'm like, wait, this feels right. This is, you know, eventually what I would like to do for the rest of my life. And so when I graduated and went back into you know reality, the real world, and I got an opportunity to come down to Nashville actually and record for the first time professionally. And I talked to the producer afterwards and I was like, listen, this is where I'm at. You know, I feel like I should be doing this for a living, but I'm biased. Like you have no reason not to tell me the truth, you know, let me know. Like, do you think this is something I could pursue as a career or that I should pursue as a career? And he was like, yeah, I definitely think you could do this if it's what you want to do and go all in. And so I was like, say less. I quit my job in New York and moved and I've been doing music full time ever since that was 2013. So Coming up on a decade now. Yeah. Well, Went for it. it huh? <laughs> so it, um, I kind of had this thought when you were talking about, you know, sports, playing sports on that stage at the college level, and also that you would sing the national anthem before some of the games. Are you the type of person that likes that spotlight, that likes to be on the, on a stage where other people can enjoy your work, so to speak. Yeah. I think, um, sometimes I like throughout my life, I don't think I realized actually how much correlation there is between sports at a high level and doing what I do now. I think that the mentality of it is very similar, you know, in playing hockey, I was a goalie, so I'm part of a team, but I'm really by myself. Uh, you know, I'm like the last line of defense. I have a whole team in front of me, but it's just me. And so the pressure is always there. And I feel like now being an artist and being an independent artist, especially, I think that, yeah, I have a team in front of me and, you know, publicists and people pushing for me and all that kind of stuff. And I have a band in front of me for shows, but at the end of the day, it's me, it's my name. Something happens, it's on me, you know, whatever happens is on me. And so I think that I'm now realizing that I like thrive on that maybe. (laughs) which is probably something that maybe I should talk to my therapist about. I don't know. (laughs) But I just think that being in the spotlight and having, I work well under pressure and having to kind of step up and be responsible for, for those things. And I think that I love that and I thrive on that. You know, it's funny. It seems to me that it's always the goalie's fault. Always. (laughs) When really it's not because it should never even get to us. Right. But it's always your fault. Oh, every time. Yeah. It just just seemed that way. I'm glad that's actually is the case. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to take a moment and point out how impressive a hockey goalie is versus like the goalie in a soccer football match. Because it's like (laughs) that thing is the size of a barn. Like, come on. You know? Okay. I know. It's, it's only 20 know, like, feet so, by 20 feet. Okay. It's it. No, people, it's always funny when people in my life now who didn't know me then, they're like, wait, so like on ice? And I'm like, yep. And they're like, so you 
you purposely threw your body in front of a frozen piece of rubber that somebody shot at you as hard as they possibly could. And you on purpose want to put your body in front of that. I'm like, well, when you put it like that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's exactly it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What's the big deal? Listen, greatness doesn't come from. Yeah. Right. Like, and I have a helmet on (laughs) wearing a helmet. That's, That's the number one thing. You were goalie, but you have all your teeth. I'm like, we wear helmets. Yeah. <laughs> That's another thing, right? All hockey players are missing at least two teeth. At least. Allegedly. Most of the NHL guys don't even, like, they lose so many teeth. Most of the NHL guys now don't even get the permanent teeth put in until they retire. They just get the, like, the flippers or whatever, and they really? take them out for games and put them back in when they leave. And then they, re- they retire, they get permanent. I'm learning new things now. <laughs> yeah. I always notice. wondered about that. Is it just the NFL or the NHL guys are just too tough to wear some type of mouth guard? I know. I'm like, mask? just, just wear a full helmet. It's really not that difficult. Like, I don't feel bad for you that someone knocked your teeth out when it's fully preventable. <laughs> fully preventable. <laughs> you hey. could still have your teeth. Like, you. I've always wondered about that. They yeah. at least wear a mouthpiece, right? I hope, or do they? Yeah, even, okay. yeah, they are required for that. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I could see how. I guess people that didn't didn't know you when you were dialed into that world, maybe they wouldn't expect it. They're so confused because I'm so like girly and you know I'm glam all the time now for shows and all that kind of stuff, and I'm like. I mean, I've always been glam. Like I wore a full face of makeup underneath my helmet in college. I mean, our games were televised. Hello. Mm-hmm. But, um, <laughs> but like, <laughs> you know, I feel like people can't picture me. They see a hockey game and they're like, how do I, that you, like, how do I put you in that? How do I can't, they like, I can't picture it. Wayne Gretzky never had to put on a full face of makeup. Before you get ready for a game. Listen, this brings me right back to the fact of my job now where dudes can show up in a backwards hat and it's like their look and like that's how they are for tour. And we (laughs) like (laughs) it's the same thing. Come full circle. We have. It's the same thing. So when you're up on stage now uh, performing, do you feel like all that experience being under pressure for so long, like that's a huge benefit to you. Oh yeah, absolutely. I get asked all the time, like, do you you get stage fright? I'm like, I literally don't even know what that is or what that means or anything. Like I feel the most comfortable on a stage in front of a zillion strangers. Like that is just, you just go somewhere else. Most comfortable. Yeah. I'm the most comfortable. So where are you the least comfortable right. on stage, right? I know. That's a really good question. I mean, that's interesting. Yeah. Like I just, I feel, I get on stage and I'm like, this, yep, this feels right. I'm like this, yep, this is, this is right. Because I take time. Like I have a hard time getting dialed in, in the recording studio. Okay. Like I need time to warm up. I'm way less comfortable there than I yeah. am on a stage. I, I agree. I think, I think that's how I have been over the years too. I mean, much less now only because I've you know done it so much now, 
but I definitely think at first being in this, cause it's a whole different animal. Like you, you don't really sing in the studio how you would sing at a show, you know? And it's, it, it's like a different vibe. It comes it's from a different skill set. It completely is. And that's why I think a lot of artists is so impressive. Like I strive to have my live shows sound like my records. I want people to listen to my live shows and be like, that sounds exactly how she sounds on, on the record. And I feel like that's what, you know, artists should strive for. Like, I don't want to go to your concert and be like, uh, wait, (laughs) you know, who is this? Yeah. Like, um, Hmm. You know? So I think over the years trying to figure out how to sing things like I would sing them live but just, you know, cleaner. What do you think the number one thing that you do or can do or are doing to make it sound more like a, like, so that the the recording and the live performance are, are more similar? I think kind of when I'm in the studio, I like, I, I'll do a couple passes. So the first pass I'll sing it as if I'm doing it live and listen back and then tweak it a little bit. So it sounds similar, but then also then when I play it live, it gives me a little bit of wiggle room to do, you know, maybe some different ad libs or just make it a little bit different because I mean, people come to see live shows for a reason. You know, if I wanted to just hear the record, I'll listen to the record. So like have it, that bass be the same and then leave myself some room to change it up a little bit for shows. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting to me. Like, you know, Michael brought up how it seems like a different skill set and you talked a little bit about that. And I guess until you do it, you don't realize how different they both yeah. can be. Well, I think it's, um, I've had people too, like I've worked with in the studio be like, I've been at your show. I'll be like, oh, I don't know. This might be a little too high for me. You know, like, you know, writing a song, laying down the vocal, like, Oh, I don't know if I can do that. No. And the, you know, the producer will be like, I've literally heard you sing that note a million times live at your shows. Like, why do you think you just all of a sudden you can't think all of a sudden you think you can't do it now? Like, so I think that's kind of the thing where it's a little more carefree playing live because the mistakes get covered a little bit more. But when you're in the studio, you hear literally every single thing that you're doing. Yeah. Kind of like more under a microscope. Yeah, exactly in every way so it makes you a little i feel like it makes you a little bit more timid to actually go for it whereas live i'm like have this full band behind me i'm like if i'm a little you know flat no one's gonna know (laughs) yeah it's funny like you wouldn't expect the recording studio to be that way i guess i know it's part of the process but the way that it feels in there sometimes a little more pressure filled than it is oh, yeah. in front of thousands of people. You have there. to be humble and vulnerable in the studio. Otherwise it's, you're, it's not going to come across. Yeah. How do you, how do you allow yourself to do, be more uh, vulnerable in your I performance? Think, I think it's, it's hard. It's definitely hard. And there are times where, and that's why I like doing co-writes and I like being in the studio with people who I've worked with before and that know me really well because they push me and I feel like they'll, they'll be like, Lana, like, okay, but now sing it like you actually wrote it, you know? 
<laughs> and I'm like, okay, yeah, I get that. You know, they'll be like, that's not, that's not what you know. And so I think just reminding myself that this is what my, this is what people want to hear when they listen to my music. People want to hear an authentic version of me. They want to hear, you know, I wrote this song. They want to hear how I'm going to sing these lyrics that I wrote and that I really, what I really feel. And, you know, try and just remember that the, the song deserves it. The lyrics deserve for me to put them across as best as I possibly can. And if that involves me crying in the booth, then that involves me crying in the booth, you know? So it's like, but it's, it's just like a safe space. Like no one in a studio environment is going to judge you. That's not true. Ryan was really judgy. If they do, you shouldn't be working with them. <laughs> Ryan's super judgy. I'm just, saying. <laughs> just kidding. You're great, buddy. I'm glad you said that. I thought you were going to share an experience, you know, the about being in the studio and how I was going to do some kind of like, uh, yeah, no. some, some, you mean add to the conversation? Yeah. Yeah, add to the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'd be a good yeah, idea. I thought you're going to be professional. You know, what's funny. I was thinking yeah. the, I feel like the point of the studio recording is to try to capture something live. Mm -hmm. And it's like the point of the live performance is to like perform something like yeah. um not exactly like you said not, you leave some room open you said for yeah. improvisation which i think is important too yeah um but you are trying to capture something live that you know like play a recording or play it like the recording or uh, whether or not you're going to embellish on it or not you're right. trying to recreate you know that feeling recording. yeah mm -hmm. it's interesting but there are different skill sets for sure yeah there's a lot that so when you're Go ahead, Michael. I don't remember. Go ahead. <laughs> I really, I lost. You, you caught me right at that moment. <laughs> I don't remember. It just went. It did. We're doing it each other in today, Sorry. man. It's okay. That happens that, to me when I'm playing live. I mean, I've forgotten the lyrics to my own songs before. So. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> you just Is repeat it? a verse. No one knows. <laughs> I'm curious. Oh my gosh, that's brilliant. Why not? Just repeat the verse. <laughs> Ryan, you just repeat the verse, dude. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm going to do that do. next time if that ever that's, happens again. That's what I do live. Oh, my God. When uh, you forget. Listen, the... we're the price of mission right here, Alana. <laughs> no one ever knows because they're usually drunk or they're not or they're singing along or they're whatever. <laughs> and then they'll be like, oh, I love that part of the song. It's like, oh, did it? Wait, did she do that twice? Wait, maybe not. Wait, did she? Uh, wait. And then. No, it's just me. It doesn't matter. <laughs> That's a pretty good idea there. You should write that one down, Michael. I'm going to write that one hand. down. <laughs> That's funny. You know, it's got me thinking, Alana, um, is creating, now that you're, you, when you made that decision to go 100% into music, you say you've been, it's 10 years now you've been doing it. Is that an interesting process, like trying to decide what your brand is going to be and your voice and your particular sound is that was that an easy process or was that no. <laughs> more of a headache than i could understand it's i don't i wouldn't say it's hard it just takes time like you i mean i'm still like as a songwriter if you stopped learning as a songwriter that's impossible you're never done learning as a songwriter growing as a songwriter and as a singer and as an artist, I think it takes 
equal amount of time. I mean, some people never find their lane. Some people never find exactly who they are as an artist and how they want to sound. And I think that, you know, now I'm coming up on 10 years and I've, I've done two albums now, two full albums and I'm about to do my third project. And I think just now this project that I'm releasing next is the most authentically me as an artist and exact I'm finally at a place where I'm exactly how I want to sound exactly how I want people to hear my music how I want people to see me how I want my lyrics to come across you know and I you know it's taken this long to get to this point but it makes me more excited because now that I'm here I mean it's just like the sky is the limit now because now I I'm in that lane not that my old music wasn't me it was me at that time in my career. And I just feel like as I'm going along, I'm, I'm growing, my sound is evolving. And now I'm at a place where when I'm writing songs for me, I know exactly where I want them to go. You mentioned yeah, earlier. Awesome. Go for it, Michael. No, I think there's a, there's a lag uh, with the connection. Sorry. Go ahead. I've already interrupted you twice. Go ahead. I'm used to it though. It's fine. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm sorry. I got distracted by the by the internet thing. And again, another question went out the window. I was going to ask something, but I'm sorry. Oh, Ryan's going to leave me on a limb here to. to uh, no, just, okay. I, I have a question. He's pointing the microphone away, so he's like, "I'm not going to not take the microphone." <laughs> like, he's like, done with you. I have to ask a question on his own. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We, we were talking about the this process. I um, this is embarrassing. Oh, you are freeze. Oh no! Wait, I'm not frozen. Nope, everyone's How's good. going. I are think I'm back. Good? I yeah, think so. All right. I'm sorry. What were we talking about? Um, we were waiting for you to get a thought out. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, the, the internet thing completely threw me off. So I'm, I'm going to deer in headlights here. Save me, buddy. All right. Alana, you talked about how some of your first songs you pulled from journal entries and maybe you weren't expecting those to be songs when you wrote them, obviously. Is that, yeah. is it a similar process now uh, when it comes to writing music, you know, especially the music that you say is more you than it's ever been? I think now, um, since I'm an actual songwriter now, I think that now it's more of when I think of something or I'm listening to my friend talk like tell a story or I'm listening to a situation or a situation happens to me it's more of I'll go in my my notes section is just like full of random thoughts random you know phrases ideas things that have happened whatever and so then when I'm going into a session then I go to those and I'm like okay which one of these are actually songs and which one of these are stupid things I wrote down you know so it's like trying to like weed through that but the more you write them down, the better. And then you just kind of, they just, the songs just kind of grow from the little time. It could be one word, you know, or something that you wrote down. All of a sudden it grows into this like amazing thing. Is it always real life experience that you're writing about? Or do sometimes you just have like 
fictional, you know, settings um, or things come to you that you can write about too? Yes. I mean, for my music personally, um, definitely it, they're all things that I've been through. Um, but when I'm writing for other people or if I'm in a session, you know, we're doing sync stuff or whatever, um, I definitely pull from, I mean, my friends are a lot of inspiration. I mean, my, you know, my friends, I have a big group of friends. We go through a lot of stuff. And so, you know, with boys or with whatever, and I sort of just listen to all of them all the time and pull from different scenarios because I feel like if I went through it or if my friend went through it, we're definitely not the only ones. So I feel like it's a nice pool of things because they're all, we all have such different lives. So I just feel like it gives it a nice kind of umbrella of material that's relatable to pull from. Can you talk a little bit about your most recent single? Oh, yes. Something like that. Uh, It came out in February, end of February. And it's the first single off of this project. Um, We, during the pandemic, I we couldn't tour and I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do with my time? And so I decided I wanted to do a new project and, um, I called, uh, my best friend, his name hits Will Gittens and his brother Sterling. And they're like the dynamic duo. They're like two of the most talented people I've ever met in my life. And I was like, Hey guys, I want to do a project. Want to do it with me <laughs> since we're all in quarantine. And they're like, yeah. So the three of us, uh, co-wrote and his brother will's brother produced um, my entire project and something like that was the first one we did and we were just kind of sitting there in the first session and will played something you know silly on the guitar and he looked at me and he's like yeah or something like that and we looked at each other we're like light bulb like we don't know what the song's about yet but that's the title hands down so it kind of just evolved into us kind of wanting to scale back what people think they need in relationships. And I feel like a lot of times, especially women these days, like, I need exactly this. I need this specific thing. That's the only way I'm going to be happy is if you do this, 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 and this, all these very specific things. When in reality, you know, it's like, you know, don't lie to me, spend time with me, be nice to me. And, you know, if you can't give me those basic things or something like that, it's probably not going to work. <laughs> right. <laughs> I appreciate you uh, getting that message out there. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, you don't really need all those little tiny things. You know, let's no. start with the, let's start with the basics and then we'll, we'll go from there. <laughs> I did get a chance to hear something like that. And it's, it's a great track. I freaking Thank love you it. so it, much. It, the percussive elements in there are really, really like dialed in and it's just catchy Thank all you. the way around. Yeah. Thank I'm you so much. Afterwards. I'm so proud of it. Yeah, you should be. <laughs> or something like that, you know. Exactly. Every day. I had a dollar for every time. Someone, <laughs> someone cracked that. It's but it's it's a crackable joke, you see. It is. It's, yeah, it's good. That's why, yeah, that's why you do it. No, exactly. it's really it was really well done. Thank you so much. You mentioned Alana that I know it's a process you said to, to kind of find your own voice and sound the way you want to sound and feel like it sounds like you, like in a genuine way. Mm-hmm. Is there like a specific quality 
about the music you're writing now that that you would identify that makes it more like you? I think this project is definitely the most relatable project I've done. And I wanted it to be very authentic and very honest and transparent. And so when we were writing it, um, there were a couple of times even where, you know, we were, we were writing it and Will was like, okay, yeah, let's, you know, I was like, I want to, I want it to say, you know, something along these lines and how about this? And then he would, he would be like, okay, but if we were having just regular conversation, how would you actually say that? Like, what would you actually say to me in, in that scenario? And so I think that's a bonus of writing with someone who knows you so well. And there, you know, he's, he was able to be like, would you actually say that? Or would you actually say this? Like, let's make it as raw as possible. You know, you know, writing a song about something tragic, like something tragic that happened to me, I'm going to say, I want, you know, he's like, let's say how tragic it is, you know, and really just go there. And so I think that's kind of what sets this project apart from my other projects performing it live is it more fun when you feel like you know it's completely genuine like that absolutely absolutely for sure it's like because it's you know these are like my songs are like my little babies <laughs> you know so I'm like, <laughs> like my little babies and <laughs> singing them you know singing them live I hope that because every time I sing them live, it takes me back to, you know, how I was feeling when I wrote it. And I'm, you know, the only hope is that when people are at my shows and they hear me sing them live, it takes them to a similar place. And that's kind of, you know, the goal as just an artist in general, I feel like. Yeah, that's one of the things that I believe everyone is missing the most about not getting out to live music is that opportunity just to yeah to go to that place that music takes you just like seeing everyone's faces just like seeing that they're feeling what i'm hoping that they're feeling when i'm playing them is priceless was that a surreal moment the first time that happened for you on stage with your own music oh yeah it was um south by southwest 2016 I think and I played um Ricochet Heart and live acoustically um and this girl came up to me after and she was just crying like hysterically crying and I was like oh my gosh I'm so sorry <laughs> what's wrong you know and she was like I just broke out with my boyfriend and this is exactly how I was feeling and I'm like, just like thank you so much and blah blah and I like it made me cry because I'm like I'm like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> We're both crying, but it's great. Yeah, those are those are special moments. I'll never forget that. So, yeah. Uh, when your art is actually being received the way you yeah, hope I will would never be. forget that moment. Ever. Isn't that amazing how your little babies you give life to them and they they like have a life of their own. I know, they go off and like, you know, get friends and go to college. (laughs) Proud of them. You know, proud of who they grow into (laughs) and just like the type of people they are. (laughs) Morals they have. (laughs) Got to be proud. They come home, you know, and visit. 
proud of everything they've done. I'm so proud of them. They sound like good little songs there. Yeah. (laughs) Come home and I'm like. Is that also uh, nerve wracking for you? Has it changed over the years just when you release a song out into the world? It's terrifying every time, no matter how many you release. It's terrifying every time because they are your little babies. And so you're like, don't be mean to my children. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Do you have any, um, you know, part of of our conversations is the fact that we want, you know, artists like yourself to be able to talk about things that can help up and coming or aspiring artists. What, do you have any advice like specific to that since you've been in the business for a while now as far as how to handle the different reactions that yeah. you're going to get to your to your music? I think the best advice that I was ever given was to remember that this industry and your a career in this industry is a roller coaster and finding a way to stay mentally tough in the low parts, but also the high parts. And I think that that's another way that I think being an athlete at such a high level in my life helps me because you have to learn how to lose. We also have to learn how to win. And I think that remembering that when you're in a super high place or in a super low place is the most important thing because tomorrow you could just be like, you know, and then the next day you, you could win a Grammy. You know what I mean? It's just, there is absolutely no certainty. There's no guarantee of anything. And so just staying mentally focused on the fact that like, this is my personal journey. Don't compare yourself. Don't compare your journey with someone else's and just remembering to stay constant, whether the day is up here or the day is down here. Yeah. The not comparing thing. I, I think that's a great thought. It's so hard. Yeah. Because again, you're exactly what you're supposed to be. Right. And that's going to be unique in its own way. And like understanding that, I think that's a really good thought. Just to remember that you don't really get much out of comparing yourself to to other people like i kind of yeah. feel like it's other, unnecessary yeah yeah people i mean it's like comparing yourself to other people is just going to make you m- more i mean you're going to judge yourself and for what like their journey isn't your journey so part oh so sorry no you're fine their journey isn't their their journey isn't your journey right exactly it's just like you know there's nothing you can do about it there's nothing you can do about what what's happening to someone else. Right. I mean, thinking about yeah. finding your voice and how part of that is like telling your own story. Yeah. You know, and how your journey is relevant. And yeah. You have is- to just stay focused on your own thing. It's very easy to get pulled away from it. <laughs> very easy. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's uh it's an interesting time with uh, social media and 24 hour news networks and, you know, all the blogs and articles, there's a lot of distractions and there's a lot of different opinions, which is a good thing, but 
if you get too consumed by it, I'm sure it's probably not the best. Oh, absolutely. Because then you end up trying to change yourself or change what you're doing when you were probably on the right path already. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Second guessing yourself. Like, well, that person's doing it. It worked for them. So maybe I should do that too. Like, no, you got to do what works for you. Yeah. Well, that's another thing that's come up. Alana is the, uh, the idea that sometimes you can get hooked into playing or writing music that you think you should yeah, in order for it to be successful, as opposed to just writing stuff that's just true to you just for our, the artistic value oh, of it. Absolutely. That's, that's probably the second best advice that I ever received in this industry is not to let anyone put you in a box. Like you don't let anybody tell you that you need to be in this box in order to be successful. And that if you're outside this box, it's not going to work. Like that's, there's room for all of us. There's room for all versions of, you know, music, but there's room for all versions of country music. There's room for everything that we all want to say. And if you end up changing and putting yourself in a different box, then you're not being authentically you. And then it's not going to come across to your audience. And then, you know, you're going to end up somewhere and you don't even know who you are anymore. Yeah, that's not losing yourself in the whole process. That's another great thought. So hard. What's helped you with that? I think my family and just like the team I have around me, they're very, they, I know they have my best interests at heart. And so just knowing that the people around me are not going to lie to me or, you know, blow smoke just to whatever, you know, they, and they know me well enough to know who I want to be. And so if I need reminding of that, they, they have no problem doing that. Or if I'm doing something and they're like, are you sure that's with your on brand or, you know, maybe it would blah, blah, and just make me think about it. I'm so lucky to have friends and family and team, a team in my life that will do that for me. Yeah. That's always, it's good to hear, you know, the, the awesome support that people have around them. Very easy to get people around you that are yes people. So. Gotta be careful. Yeah. <laughs> Getting some no people around you is a good thing. <laughs> so, bro, maybe that's that's what it is. You've been, you've, how many riffs have you shot down, man? More than I can count. More than I can count. More than I can come up with. Hey, if if you're not feeling it, don't play it on it. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Yeah, and it's how how important is it to surround yourself with good people and with people that you know are wanting you to express yourself and not some version of yourself that they think yeah, you need to be. They're hard to find. Yeah, well, it that seems to me too. It's like you want people that actually care about you. Exactly. You know, above. Above your music. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, in the anytime money gets involved, things can get tricky, but you do the oh, best yes, you can. I've, you know. I've been there. I've had, there's been, people have been fired. People have been, you know, it's, it's the nature of, of the business. Yeah. Well, can you tell us any more about uh, your upcoming album? 
uh, what should people expect? Is there anything you can talk about? I, I do this every interview, every interview. I'm like, okay, next interview, I need to ask my publicist what I can say. What can I say? And I know, oh, yeah. um, but it's going to be, uh, it'll be an EP and I'm actually starting to get the mixes and masters and stuff back now. So I think we have a meeting next week to figure out when the release is going to be. And I'm very, very excited about it. Mm-hmm. Very excited about it. So um, awesome. I don't know what else I can say. <laughs> Are you going to tour and support look, look it? forward like, to it, people. Yeah. Plan. I've been dropped. I started to drop little, um, little clues or sneak whatever peaks on my Instagram. So if people follow me, um, it's Alana McCready Music. And I started dropping little hints. And so those will continue. And then I'm going to start dropping a little snippets of the songs, little videos, and leading up to when, whenever it's released. <laughs> Where else would you direct people that want to hear your previous albums and get connected with you? Yeah, my all my socials are Alana McCready Music across the board, Twitter, instagram facebook all the things and then um all of my music from the very beginning is available on every platform that you can imagine my bio and my instagram has a link to um something directly to something like that with, on all the platforms so if people go there they can get to all the platforms in there and then you'll just find all my other albums and all the things Awesome. Well, thank you for being here and talking music and life and everything. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like we've gotten a lot of gold and I appreciate you you sharing your insights and, and your experience. If you had anything else that you'd want to share, like someone aspiring to do this, do you have any other words of wisdom to share? I don't even know. Just like be you, do whatever you, whatever you want people to hear from you is what you should do not what someone else thinks people should hear from you. It's so, it's such a simple concept, but it's so hard. And, you know, if you're doing what's authentically you, that is going to make you more successful than anything someone's going to tell you to do. I love it. Yeah. Why can't we be wild and free? I know. Ryan, what about you, man? You got anything else you want to, um deep thoughts you need to no, share get out no i think it's i think we've got enough food for thought so far here All right, man. <laughs> folks you know we love you uh before we say goodbye there's a special little outro song i'd like to share with you all here here we go That's button so excited uh we love you all everybody bye follow Al- alana check out her stuff she's awesome thanks guys Yeah, cut that one a little short. My bad. <laughs> and you broke it. I broke it. We're still recording. <laughs> and bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>